Hello there, everybody, and welcome. I'm Yukiko Amaya of My Goddess Path, and welcome to Goddess and Energy Coming Alive. So today I am going to be by myself, so there are no guests. And first of all, for those of you who do not know me, I want to introduce myself to you. I was born in Japan and grew up pretty much in a very intellectual family, but from very early on, I was really, really drawn and interested in what it was to be alive on this plane. And so I'll tell you the story about it a little bit later, but my life, I've lived in uh, different cultures. I was seven when I first went to Australia and then to back to Japan, then to the States, back to Japan and then to France and then over to the United States. And I have been here for a long time, <laughs> 30 years. And today I want to speak with you about the energy of the full moon, this full moon in particular. So stay with us and stay with me. The curiosity that um, I have so first of all, I am a priestess of goddess and priestess of Avalon. I am also a shamanic and energy healer, a yogini, a dancer, a sacred dancer. And I also have take private clients on their own soul journey through a program called Embodied Radiant Empowerment. And it's really been an amazing journey for me to really see and experience what this embodied world is all about and the kind of intelligence and the expansive community of energies of all the living beings that we are intimately connected with that support all life on this planet. So first of all, you know, for those of you wondering what goddess and energy might be, my encounter with goddess was very, very subtle, I would say. You know, the first person who spoke to me about goddess was my mother, and uh, but she never really told me what she meant. One time when I was really worried about her and I was still a young child, maybe about, you know, I don't know, seven, eight, and she said, well, I'm not worried because I know that my goddess always watches over me. And that was the first time I heard about goddess. And, uh, but she never spoke about it again. And I grew up in a very atheist family. My father was completely atheist. He was very logical. He thought all of that was hogwash. And, <laughs> and he very famously said to me when he was dying and I, I really wanted to alleviate his anxiety around death. I was in my early 30s and I had been practicing yoga and meditation for a number of years at that point and really you know, wanted to speak with him about reincarnation, about the passage of the soul. And he, <laughs> he said to me, well then Yuki, tell me, you know, how come there is population growth? And I went, huh? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, he said, I said, dad, it's not as if there's a one-to-one -one ratio 
and not all souls reincarnate on this plane on this planet but you know it was uh so that was the kind of logical background that i grew up in and energy was something very interesting to me because when i was in in uh, junior high school in japan so maybe around 13 i had really been wondering about the meaning of life you know it, it was something that really really engaged me quite a bit i was a bit of a loner um, even though i was very active as well in school politics and you know the arts club and the music club i even founded the music club at my school but i was really um interested in what this all meant there seemed to be a lot of suffering and i felt pain you know the pain of miscommunication mostly the pain of not being understood the difficulties people had in being able to understand or see each other that really really bothered me and one day i was walking to school early morning i think it was you know either very early spring or early fall it was a, there was a coolness in the air and a very beautiful bright high blue sky and it was probably around 8:30 in the morning and i was walking towards school and this car drove by with a flag fluttering from from the front you know it was it was an embassy car and as the car went by with the flag fluttering in the wind something happened and everything slowed down and in that moment i realized everything it was like my eyes opened and i saw what this life was all about and it made complete and perfect sense it was complete and i was shocked because this yearning and this desire for something that i i had always had disappeared in that moment and everything was as it should be i no longer felt that yearning that longing for something this desire to know all of that disappeared in that moment it's and it stayed with me for a few days until it dissipated but it gave me a baseline in a way it gave me something to look back on to understand that this world that i in my normal vision could see and sense and feel all the anguish the anger the pain the joy the happiness all of these things were sort of surface visions of something that was much much more don't even know how to use words to ex express that and that got me and many other things many many other things it's a, it's a very complex thing to talk about one's spiritual evolution you know um it's it's nice to be able to kind of package it sort of like in a hollywood way and say okay well this happened and then this this and this but as you know life is not linear we tend to want to think that it's linear you know we have this illusion that life is a linear progression from birth to death and that things happen along the calendar but it doesn't it's not that way it's it's a it's a multidimensional proposition life and so many many things came in to create 
a much more multidimensional reality for me about the world, about myself. And it, um, it took me in different directions where various teachers came about. And so that is where my yogic studies, my meditations, I was very, very immersed in yoga and meditation uh, for over two decades, teaching, studying. And my first encounter with goddess came from that tradition. I'm sure you, many of you have heard, you know, Kali, Lakshmi, Saraswati, you know, Tara. And then from my own tradition, Kuan Yin, many more. And through that practice, I was led to Mary Magdalene and then to Glastonbury, to the encounter with the Lady of Avalon, which was a mystical encounter. She appeared in my meditation and urged me to come to be with her, to study about her, to journey in with her. And it's been an amazing, amazing journey. So, you know, today's full moon. So why do we talk so much about the moon? You know, the moon is the closest orbiting, gravitational, pulling, energetic being to our planet, another planetary being that circles this earth. And because of that, as you know, we have incredible energetic and magnetic relationship with the moon. And the moon is, of course, lit as we are by the sun, by the star in our solar system. And from ancient times, we were fascinated, fascinated by the moon, this glowing orb in the sky that kept on changing its shape so quickly. You know, it would wax and wane every 29.5 days or so, come full circle. And as, and if you're a woman, you know that our menstruation cycles are very much influenced by the moon and that being, you know, 70, 75% water, that we also have the tidal pulls that the moon exerts on the water of our very beautiful blue planet. So following the fluctuations of the moon, the fluctuations of water is incredibly powerful. Water is this magical, magical essence, element, being. We all, life as we know it on this planet at this time, all came from water, from the ocean, in conjunction with the sun fire, you know. And as humans and all the mammals, we were able to, the mammals that came out of the water and started to live on land, we were able to do that because we were able to internalize the ocean. The women were internalizing the, the ocean in their womb. It's an amazing thing, you know. We also know that much of the energetic lines in the earth, the ley lines, the, 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 the places of power that we call power spots, you know, on the earth is very much connected with water, with underground waterways, carry the energy 
sort of like the meridians in our, you know, in our physical system from acupuncture. They carry the energy, they carry the information. Something about water is so amazing. We don't know, you know, many of you may have heard of Dr. Emoto, who's a Japanese uh, scientist who's really wondering about water and took water, different water, and was looking at it through his, oh dear, you know, when you speak like three languages, sometimes the words, this uh, microscope, there you go, I was I could think of it in Japanese for a bit there, through the microscope, he noticed that water really responded to emotion. So when you held a bottle of water and really poured love into that water, and then you put it under the microscope, there would be beautiful, beautiful crystalline structure of water. But if you held that bottle of water and, and hated it, put in the, the energy of hate, it would become this chaotic, fractured crystal formation. You know, we know what that feels like because our emotions, I feel, also ride within the waters of our body. And when we feel good, when we are feeling seen and loved, when we are loving ourselves and seeing ourselves, there's a certain fluidity within ourselves, right? We don't feel constricted <clears throat> and held back and, you know, tight in our bodies or in our muscles. We feel looser. We feel more open. We feel like we're flowing. So there's this thing about fluidity, about flowing. And that's a very interesting thing for me, you know? The water in our bodies might be the key to our emotions. What does, what, you know, what is that? So that means that there is water everywhere. So that then does it carry emotion or is it just a reflective thing of energy? You know, water has been associated with healing in many, many cultures. So in, in the goddess cultures of old Europe, there were many healing wells and healing springs. So for example, the very famous cathedral of Chartres is built on top of a very, very well-known spring to the goddess of that land. And when I went to Chartres Cathedral, and there's a beautiful labyrinth, you know, that there's, that's the labyrinth at Chartres seen from above. It's in the center of the, this huge church, huge cathedral. But you can also go down into the crypt area of the cathedral. It's kind of a difficult door to find, actually, and they, they're only open, I think, once a week, something like that. But I happened to be there on the day that it was open, and um, I was able to go in. And there, in the crypt of the church, is still the well that is connected to the water source that the ancients used to come and be healed by. And I remember putting my hand over the well that was, it wasn't shut, there was sort of like a metal grate over it so that people wouldn't fall in. And, and so I, I put my hand over it and there was such an amazing energy coming out. And I remember looking up to the the um the ceiling of the, the the crypt or the you know area and just sensing or feeling that right above that was the labyrinth 
you know, it's uh, and at the Cathedral of Chartres, there's a very beautiful statue of Mary. So the goddess is still, still there, still there. Now, coming back to the lunar energy. So this, the, the moon that works so much on this amazing water, right? This healing, magical essence without which we cannot live. And the water is in the trees, is in the earth, all, you know, this is a planet of water. And this moon acts upon that water quite powerfully. So to, 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 to work with this lunar cycle is something that is so much more than just this beautiful thing up in the sky. It's really, it touches upon some kind of a fundamental energy that is about life on this plane, on this planet. We know how it affects the plants, right? Because it affects the way the water moves through the plants. And so, of course, it, it, you know, it affects us in very unknown ways. Now, today's full moon, the moon is in Sagittarius, which is the fiery sign of the archer. You know, he is immutable, sign meaning very mobile, not fixed. And the sign of Sagittarius is really connected with higher knowledge, knowing that desire to know about the meaning of life, where I started this talk, this conversation with you. So the archer is aiming his bow and arrow you know, pulling that arrow, the bow back to release the arrow. And the arrow is aimed at piercing the truth, right? The, the aim, the archer is aiming for his own soul. So for spiritual knowing, for that attainment of perhaps enlightenment in a more masculine way, in a more feminine way, of coming into the fullness of one's being. And the moon has long been associated with the more feminine or the yin quality, but also with the soul, emotions as well, but the soul. And the sun, which is now in the opposite house, so there's the earth, moon's over here, sun's over here, you know. And the sun is much more significant it signifies much more the soul not the soul i mean the the uh one's personality how one is in this world you know how one's energy shines through through your personality and the sun is right now in gemini and so that is an air sign it's also a mutable sign so very mobile very mobile places, both the, the moon and the sun, neither like to be held back, you know. Gemini is an air sign, so it's about the mind, very quick, very rapid, right? Something that is not in form, so it can move very quickly, and about communication, and also about learning, but much more grounded in kind of this reality, you know, 
So wanting to know how to do certain things or know how things work. It's also about relationship because there is the Gemini, the, the twins. And in this full moon, so I'm not an astrologer, so I won't talk a lot of astrology with you. I am much more of, a, of a, an energetic communicator. And so I was sitting with the moon last night and this morning. And the energy that's really, really coming through is it feels like water. It feels like this moonlight. And if you're listening right now, I invite you to just soften and relax for a moment. Right? Just softening, letting your body weight drop towards the earth. Letting whatever's in your mind start to drain down towards the earth through your body. Softening your jaws and letting your breath just soften just a little bit. You know, softening your lower abdomen, feeling the weight of your buttocks in the seat, in your chair, your feet flat on the floor. And if you like, you can gently close your eyes and just sense in your own way this river of moonlight coming down, river of moonlight coming down. You've seen, I'm sure, photos owing real life, how the moon makes a moon path across the ocean or a lake, the waterways. That river of moonlight, letting it come through you letting it touch your soul. And don't worry if you don't know what that means. Okay, letting your soul be bathed by this moonlight coming in. There is a yearning. There is a real power right now for the soul to come alive and it's demanding things of you. It's not always comfortable. So I was saying that the soul and the personality is in opposition. And with the, the eclipse, that becomes magnified. You know, there are a lot of things that are moving right now in your field, in your personality field. Um, and it depends on the person as well, of course. But it feels like there's a huge invitation to really open towards sensing what it is and honoring the soul desire at this time. And whatever conflict you might be sensing, whatever things are coming up, really start to listen to your heart's desire and ask yourself, is this true? Is this something that I need to look into? There is real power in moving with, dancing with the energy flow of the world. And that's what ritual is. You know, ritual comes from the Sanskrit word rit or ritam, the rhythm, the cosmic rhythm of the universe. Coming into sync with that 
rhythm, the rhythm of life, the rhythm of the cycles, you know, coming, entering into this goddess way of energy where things are spiral, they are circular, they are moving, they are a whole, that many truths can coexist at the same time. It's not either or. Um, the capacity to be able to embrace the light and the dark, that the dark is not evil. And it's not about up being heaven and down being hell. <laughs> down is where the earth is. Up is where the sky is. And they are in conversation all the time as we are, as we are between our personality and our soul in conversation, in connection. Um, I wanted to read a poem for you about the capacity to listen to your soul. How does one listen to one's soul? And especially on this full moon night, when the soul's energy is so full, I want to read this poem to you by David Wagoner. Okay, and it goes like this. Stand still, stand still. The trees ahead and bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here and you must treat it as a powerful stranger, must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes, listen. It answers, I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to raven. No two branches are the same to wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you. You must let it find you. The forest knows where you are. The soul knows where you are. The goddess knows where you are. So stand still. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in all the chaos of our personality and we forget that there is an inherent inherent connection that we are actually held in this web of life in this network of love intelligence that we are not lost in those moments it simply suffices to stand still instead of looking to fix something to make something okay to change something, we simply stop and stand still. And then the energy can right itself. Sometimes we create chaotic energy within us to bring about, you know, to chuck up <laughs> certain things that now are no longer needed and we need to chuck them up. But they are so deep in that sometimes chaos is created so we can, we can chuck them up. 
So chaos isn't bad, but sometimes when the, the energy is frenetic and frenzied, and especially if you feel like your energy is right up here in the head all the time, turning, turning, it's a good idea to stand still, to stand still and let the forest find you. So those are very wise words, wise shamanic words, you know, from David Wagner. And so it's the same with this full moon. If you are feeling frantic, you know, stand still, stand still and let this moon bathe you. Let it bathe you. And trust that the forest will find you. And sometimes that trust, it takes a great deal of patience. And it's also about faith. But faith in oneself, faith in the connection with life, that you being alive and being on this planet, on this plane, that you existing is enough. It's enough. I was talking with one of my clients the other day and and she's a mother and I said to her, you know, maybe it's difficult to see yourself as being enough, but remember when you gave birth to your baby and you held that baby, that baby just for existing was enough. It was a miracle, right? Why then can you not be enough simply for existing? And then everything else is like an extra gift. You know, it's experiences, things that we try out because life is incredibly creative. You look at nature and you know how creative it is. So when you stand still, you stand still because you can. And oftentimes to stand still is difficult because we think that we are not enough. And there is a certain frenzy that drives us to not stand still. But today in the full moon, I invite you just even for a moment or a few breaths, use your imagination. It's a great healing tool. Use your imagination. If you can't believe it, then use your imagination and say, in this moment, I am going to try on being enough. And I am going to stand still and let the forest find me. Okay. And so for those of you interested in doing or finding more about rituals, Okay, I invite you to uh, check out the full flower moon ritual that I have recorded just for this full moon. And you'll be able to do a very focused ritual around this full flower moon. And in these recorded rituals, what I do is I will um, take you on a journey so that you can really, you can meet 
the goddess and receive what you need at this time. Um, and if you want to really dive in and explore what this whole watery energy and the connection with the lunar forces are, then you can also go to the 12 full moon ritual package. Okay. And that is 12 full moons. So you uh, commit to doing the 12 full moons. So for one year, there are 13 full moons every few years. Okay. And come and connecting to the flow of the 12 full moons for the year. So, and in this series, I will be having other guests on to discuss about all of this, about energy, about healing, about living in more of a state of, of grace and freedom, if you like. It doesn't mean that the the daily toils do not exist. They exist for all of us, you know, on a certain level. And yet to be able to connect with the energy of all that supports life on this in this life is about, it's sort of like thinking you are all alone, you know, and you have no help. And then all of a sudden your entire family shows up with, gifts and saying oh you know we missed you so we decided to come and help you it's kind of like that receiving and communicating with nature i keep on looking out because outside i have a beautiful forest i live in the forest and the trees are amazing and i'm coming to know them like friends um and it's a it's a completely different kind of appreciation community than i used to have before i always loved trees, but I never had this kind of connection. So, you know, but getting to know the other is very, very important. Good. So some of the guests that will be coming on um, in June, there will be um, Liddy Ometo, who is an amazing yoga teacher and a, a meditation practitioner. She's also a healer a Reiki master, and also has been swimming with the wild dolphins quite a lot. And now she's taking uh, groups of people for yoga and meditation and journeying with the, the wild dolphins. There's also Marissa, who is a wonderful um, conscious dance teacher from Argentina. She brought conscious dance into South America long, long time ago. And she has developed her own way of moving and connecting with the energies, really helping people. And also she's, uh, she's worked also with dolphins. So the dolphin energy is very much around. Um, I'm also having a lady who, uh, Valerie Dillman, who works with dreams. She's an amazing uh, writer, playwright, actress, and um, shamanic practitioner, and a dream worker. So connecting 
to the goddess and energy through dreams. So I hope you can join us for some of them. And I really look forward to speaking with you again. So thank you so much for today, for listening. And I look forward to seeing you here again. And if you've missed the live, then you can also go to my website. It's under Musings, all the Facebook Lives that we've done so far. There haven't been very many, but that we've done so far is there so you can check it out. We've had some amazing people on here and along with all the blogs in the Musings section of mygoddesspath.com. Okay, so many blessings to you. See you soon. Bye-bye.